Welcome to Unstuck, the holistic Christian life. This is the show where we talk all things holistic Christian living, from mindset and mental health to exercise and nutrition to boundaries and relationships and toxic Christian culture, and overall, how to get unstuck from a life of less than to live a life of purpose, resilience, and joy. We don't shy away from the hard stuff, but embrace it, challenging women to surpass the status quo and boldly live the life that God created them for. Today's episode is sponsored by Body, the online wellness platform that will completely change the game for you like it did for me a decade ago. This is the all-in-one wellness app with everything you need in one place, from a huge variety of fitness plans to simple and easy-to-follow nutrition that will transform your relationship with food alongside with mindset and meditation tools. I started using Body 10 years ago now. Wow, can't believe it's been that long. (laughs) When I was really struggling in a season with direction, struggling with purpose in my life, and it just really helped me to find myself again. And it's actually the reason that I'm a health and life coach today. It changed my mindset from one of beating myself up to actually empowering me with the practical tools to help me achieve my own health and even life goals. There are so many options to choose from to get started, but my favorite is their Total Solution Pack, which is actually the same package that I started with a decade ago. It comes with a monthly subscription to their app, which you can actually access from your phone or laptop, so you can do it from home or even at the gym, with thousands of different workouts to choose from, so you can actually find workouts that you enjoy. It also comes with an awesome customizable nutrition plan and my all-time favorite superfood smoothie that's packed with superfoods, quality protein, and nutrients. And like I said, I've been drinking this for a decade now. (laughs) It's actually healed so many different gut problems that I was having and I'm just, I'm a huge forever fan of it. So go ahead, check that out through the link below. This is the total solution that you need to really start off 2024 on the right foot and really keep the momentum going. I'm your host, Sarah, NASM certified fitness instructor and holistic health and life coach. Today, we're discussing our expectations around the new year, what we hope to achieve, how we're feeling about this last year that we just had, and my top four tips to finally create the life you actually love in 2024, because you deserve to be living your fullest life, stepping out in boldness into all that God has prepared for you. Now, I have a super special gift that's really just going to help you break into this new year on the right foot, change your trajectory, break the cycle of starting resolutions and stopping them. It's just a really powerful tool. I'm stoked to get into your hands, so stay tuned till the end for that. It's a free gift I made just for you, Uh, but for now, let's grab a notebook and pen and let's dive in. So it's the new year, y'all. We're heading into the new year. First of all, I hope you guys had a wonderful Christmas yesterday. We've all been through it, though. The year ends. The new year comes. We think this year is different. We're going to make some kind of vague commitments to ourselves to grow, get better, work harder. This year, we're finally going to start the business or we'll just work harder to make it happen or we'll lose those pesky 10 pounds or we'll find the community we love or we'll finally move out of this place or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, whatever it is for you, right? Quick journal spotlight. What is it for you today? Write it down. What goal or dream or vision for your life have you been sitting on, not stepping out into? And what's been stopping you from running after it? Have you hit any obstacles along the way that have slowed you down? 
What have you learned from those obstacles about yourself and about the vision or your goal? Or is it maybe your mindset that keeps stopping you? Maybe you feel like no matter what you do, you self-sabotage, get in the way. Take some time to even pause this right now and just answer some of those questions in a journal. If your journey is anything like mine, you're likely burnt out, a bit disappointed, exhausted from spinning your wheels, making effort, maybe even seeing a little progress, only to have those goals just elude you yet again. Thinking about this year ending has you maybe feeling depleted, disappointed in yourself or in your life that you haven't made the progress you've craved for so long. You haven't seen the change that you've been desiring and you feel stuck in a rut. Sure that there's something wrong with you. Maybe you're not capable of it. You can't do it. It's just not in the cards or even worse yet, it's maybe not God's will when that thought is just taken way out of biblical context, or worse yet, you're not worthy of it. Now, before I go on, I just have to take a quick note to say this, that yes, God indeed does have good things planned for you, and yes, his ways are not our ways. You should be measuring and checking your dreams and goals and vision for your life always against God's word, godly counsel, and what God is speaking to you through his spirit. God has works for each of us to walk in. He's created us with special and unique giftings and talents, with visions and dreams in our hearts to use those talents to bless others and glorify him. We, of course, should not be holding our dreams on a pedestal, idolizing them over God. Certainly, sometimes God really does pivot and totally change our direction away from what we thought our dream was, sometimes onto something totally different. So what I'm talking about here is not the idea of worshiping self or making your life all about you, which I know some Christians, let's be honest, will probably jump to accusing me of. But on the contrary, I'm seeing that God has such a rich life of abundance, not necessarily materially, but certainly spiritually a life full of good gifts and relationships and community and the ability to use our giftings in this world to make a positive difference. And the list goes on. And all too often, I see Christians hyper-spiritualizing things, just saying, ah, it's not God's will for me, as an excuse to stay in a passive, lazy, unmotivated, or just complacent place when they face a little resistance. Resistance doesn't mean God doesn't want you to keep walking forward. And like, yeah, there's so many different ways that God directs us. But I always come back to this. I always come back to Paul in Acts chapter 16. He and Silas kept trying to reach Asia to preach the gospel and God kept redirecting them. And then he ended up leading them to Macedonia to preach to this man and his family who ended up accepting accepting the gospel and God redirected their route like over and over and over again. They kept trying to aim there and zoop, they turned, kept trying to aim there and zoop, they turned. And sometimes God does change and reroute our plans, sometimes for, for good, for the long haul, or sometimes it's just temporary. The point is that we should always be actively moving forward all the time, just the same. Just like Paul and Silas, they kept going, they kept moving forward, they kept walking forward, even when they didn't exactly know what was going to be around the corner. We will always experience resistance, first of all, when things are new, when things are challenging, when we're trying to accomplish a big goal or trying to establish a new habit. 
that's always going to be what we face. The first step is always going to be a hurdle like that because it's uncomfortable. It's unknown. There's going to be a learning curve to that. It's about how we navigate that. I've heard way too many Christians misuse this idea and use it as an excuse to remain inactive and stuck in places that they should not be. And today, I just want to challenge that because God wants you to walk into the promised land, into the fullness of life that he's created for you. I will go so much deeper into that exactly on another day because it's clearly something I'm a little passionate about. But let's jump in. Uh, into this mindset of victimhood a little bit more, of being this mindset of being less than, not good enough, not capable, thinking the world is against you. Hmm. All these thoughts stem from a scarcity mindset, a mindset that is focused on lack and victimhood, focused on what you don't have, a passive mindset. Everything is happening to you. You are not happening to life. This is a mindset that cannot allow itself to take control of the circumstances, strategically put in the work, and reach the desired outcome, even with bumps in the road and mess-ups along the way. This mindset cannot get back up after it falls because it views the fall or the mistake or the mess-up or the error as a vital identity issue to the core of who you are. It says that this problem you face is a reflection of who you are. Whereas the mindset that can look at the mistakes and mess ups and view them truly as learning opportunities, rich in information that can be gleaned to grow from, to broaden your perspective and help you better navigate the future, this is the proper mindset you need to be leaning into to finally see those things come to fruition. So first things first, the secret to building habits and to starting something new starts with our mindset. And there are two mindsets, fixed and growth mindsets. Now, these two mindsets are called the fixed, like I said, and the growth. And the fixed focuses on what it does not have and cannot achieve. Whereas the growth mindset says, in true Marie Forleo fashion, everything is figure outable. If you didn't know already, I love me some Marie Forleo. She's the best. <laughs> the fixed mindset is ashamed and embarrassed by mistakes and not reaching goals within deadline or not understanding something right away or not acing something perfectly. A growth mindset sees difficulty as an opportunity to try a different approach, to maybe learn something new and to try and try and try again until they nail it. One mindset views self as fixed or set in their talents, skills, and capacity for accomplishment not able to get better, stuck in wherever they are now, while the other views self as something that is elastic or can always grow and learn and be improved upon. In her book, Mindset, The New Psychology of Success, Dr. Carol Dweck says, one day you go to class that is a class that is really important to you and that you like a lot. The professor returns the midterm papers to the class. You got a C plus. You're very disappointed. That evening on the way back to your home, you find that you've gotten a parking ticket. Being really frustrated, you call your best friend to share your experience, but are sort of brushed off. What would you think? What would you feel? What would you do? When I asked people with a fixed mindset, this is what they said. I'd feel like a reject. I'm a total failure. I'm an idiot. I'm a loser. I'd feel worthless and dumb, like everyone's better than me. In other words, they'd see what happened as a direct 
measure of their competence and worth. I'm going to say that one more time. They'd see what happened as a direct measure of their competence and worth. This is what they'd think about their lives. My life is pitiful. I have no life. Somebody upstairs doesn't like me. The world is out to get me. Somebody is out to destroy me. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. Life is unfair and all efforts are useless. Life stinks. I'm stupid. Nothing good ever happens to me. I'm the most unlucky person on earth. Excuse me. (laughs) Was there death and destruction or just a grade, a ticket, and a bad phone call? But when I gave people with the growth mindset the same vignette, here's what they said. They'd think, I need to try harder in class, be more careful when parking the car, and I wonder if my friend had a bad day. You don't have to have one mindset or the other to be upset, right? Because who wouldn't be? Yet those with the growth mindset were not labeling themselves and throwing up their hands. Even though they felt distressed, they were ready to take the risks, confront the challenges, and keep working at them. As you begin to understand the fixed and growth mindsets, you will see exactly how one thing leads to another, how a belief that your qualities are carved in stone leads to a host of thoughts and actions, and how a belief that your qualities can be cultivated leads to a host of different thoughts and actions, taking you down an entirely different road. This is what psychologists call an aha experience. End quote. If you're looking to study like a bit more in-depth into those mindsets and get some really granular, specific tools to help you change your thinking. I can't recommend this book enough. That's Mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck. She's amazing. So once you've realized you're struggling with a fixed mindset or maybe a mix of both, what do you do with that? For one, every time you have a belief or a thought that comes up as a response to a mistake or a letdown, like a bad grade or a parking ticket, taking that thought captive and analyzing if it's really true. Challenge the thoughts you have about yourself and then remind yourself of what is actually true. Maybe you made a mistake. Maybe you need to change your strategy, your work ethic or study habits. Maybe you need to learn a new way to approach something. Maybe you need to set smaller, more attainable goals to build up to that big goal because you just bit off a bit more than you could reasonably chew. Whatever it is, taking each of those thoughts captive, as the Bible actually says, and challenging them with truth over time will help you to really rewire that thinking. Again, I highly recommend that book for more in-depth tools. So we've identified our mindset and how it needs to shift, what we need to do next after realizing we have a fixed mindset and are working towards a growth mindset. How do we make progress on our goals? Step two, the secret to building habits is focus on one tiny habit change at a time. Build through slow, slow micro changes, through teeny tiny micro changes that you build over time. You know how it goes. Like we've said, the new year hits, you want to lose 30 pounds, you get the gym membership and you say, I'll eat healthier. Maybe you even find a new recipe, a few new recipes to try. You do it for a little while, roaming the machines in the gym, picking up things in the store that seem healthy, and eventually you hit that bad day. You go for a comfort snack or a meal. Oh, you feel like you've messed up, broken your goal, let yourself down, and it's all done for. So then you binge or you fall off your workout plan altogether and down the drain it goes. And it's not even the end of January. <laughs> not this year. This is the year you make the change 
for your mindset because life is too short to be wasted in feelings of less than and on on things that just actively hurt you that you dread or that you wish you could change. Life's too short to be spent wishing it's time for action. So how do we build those habits? We start small. You've probably heard of the book Atomic Habits or maybe even the older book, The Compound Effect. These are just two books out of many that actually all just talk about the same principle. Small repetitive actions repeated over time yield massive results. The thing about small actions, though, is that they feel really insignificant in the moment because they're small. They feel pointless, unhelpful, and maybe like you're really not making a difference that you really want to see. It takes having some vision to hang on to that big picture while dedicating time to the small, even mundane, everyday habits. But you need to give yourself the time to repeat that small micro habit or action over and over again until it's really instilled in you and truly becomes just that, a habit, not something you have to force or think about or think you're restricting yourself or punishing yourself. No, no, no. (laughs) You're repeatedly with discipline and consistency showing up, taking this small step every day so that you can make this deep lasting change. So there's this great little analogy that Darren Hardy uses in his book, The Compound Effect, which I just mentioned, uh, when talking about building the power, like that power of momentum in creating consistency. He uses the analogy of pumping a well. So why is consistency so important? Consider the hand pump on the water well. It takes a lot of energy to get the water flowing at the start, right? You push down really hard and you pull it up and you push down really hard and you pull it up. You have to pump it so hard. But when the water starts flowing and the water comes quite easily, you don't need to spend much energy anymore. It moves faster and faster and then soon you just let go and the water is flowing. So creating positive habits works exactly in the same way. Going for a run first thing in the morning can be really, really hard at first, especially if you haven't been exercising for a while. But once you are consistent and stick to the routine, it becomes eventually so much easier. Just like the hand pump with with effortlessly flowing water, your new routines are also going to create an amazing flow of positive results in your life. But be cautious here because this is as long as you keep the routine going. Because once you ignore your routine for a little while, just like the hand pump with the water flow, that will stop if you don't keep pumping, if you lose the momentum. You have to start pumping from scratch all over again. So stick with your routine, build it, build it up, make it easier for yourself, and then don't let that momentum go away. So if you're looking to create a routine of exercising every day, but you never exercise or whatever you do, maybe it's all, you're all in, then you're all out. Uh, Your best bet is just starting small with something that brings you joy and makes you feel good. So maybe you say, I'm going to schedule movement into my day three times a week for 30 minutes, or I'm going to schedule movement into my day four or five times a week for just 15 minutes a day. Maybe that looks like just taking a nice walk every morning or afternoon or on your lunch break or doing some yoga or a dance class or just going for a little run or a nice hike in the woods like 
whatever it is that you enjoy. It should be something that you naturally enjoy doing that makes you happy and makes you feel good in your body. So start there and start small. Don't overcommit. If you're looking to increase your routine, if you already have a routine going, add a little bit more. Slowly but surely, if you're starting something from scratch, don't don't overcommit uh, because it's it's the best feeling when you can start small and show yourself that you know how to show up for yourself. It builds such an awesome level of trust. Now, if you're trying to get yourself up in the mornings, but just keep hitting that dang snooze button, <laughs> blow up your phone. No, I'm just kidding. Examine your evening routine. Examine your evening routine. Are you staying up late? Are you having trouble staying and falling asleep? Do you have enough time to wind down at night to really get yourself into a good a good state of rest? A proper evening routine sets us up to have an awesome morning routine. Like it's completely a game changer. And stay tuned for the episode next week because we're actually going to dive completely deep into that whole conversation. Um, And of course, find yourself some accountability. So whether it's your spouse, your best friend, your coach, your mom, the trainer at the gym, whoever, uh, your your neighbor, someone, someone that you know will be a solid support and encouragement for you as you do this. Not somebody who's going to tear you down the minute you miss a day, because trust me, you will miss a day. But the key thing is to have that accountability to really lift you back up. This is going to be a cheesy analogy, but just hang on with me. Have you ever seen a little baby learning to walk? Okay. It's like the cutest thing ever. They take a little step and they're staring at you and they're all happy and shiny and then whoop, they fall. And maybe you laugh and they laugh and they excitedly get back up and they take another step towards you. (laughs) Hang with me. You want to be like a baby when taking these baby steps allow yourself to fall. It's like, it's okay. It's, it's good. You should expect to fall. Allow yourself to fall without it becoming some kind of major identity crisis because falling is what every single person must go through when learning and developing any new skill or habit. You have to allow yourself the space to mess up. There are going to be plenty of days where you do not feel motivated, where you don't want to show up, when you're tired, under the weather, had a bad day, got the flu, binged on food, and now feel horrible, whatever it is, the list goes on. When you miss a day or you mess up, just pick it right back up. Pick it right up the same day or the next day. The whole day does not have to be lost. The whole week does not have to be lost. This year is not lost if you've already messed up. This is the year you shift your mindset to be one that says, I am going to aim for failure, (laughs) okay? I'm going to aim for failure, hear me out, in the sense that failure is the evidence that you are trying over and over and over again. You make a mistake. You mess up bad. Awesome. It's a sign that you're actually moving in the right direction. Keep going. Don't quit. Find yourself a friend who can be that cheerleader for you. And if you can't find one yet, practice being that voice to yourself. That's that's a whole heckin' load of a challenge that we'll dive into much more in a later episode, but it's remarkably true. Do you talk to yourself in a way that honors you, that uplifts you, or do you tear yourself down? Do you build yourself up? Are, are you the first one saying, great job, when you fell down because you took a step? 
Use these mistakes as opportunities to become the person you want to be. That person is inside of you waiting to bloom. Before I go any further, I just want to take a quick second to share something with you that I've been absolutely loving lately, and it's James Michelle Jewelry. This is jewelry that you need in your collection. Like, actually, this this might just have to become your whole collection. <laughs> I have become absolutely obsessed with their necklaces, rings, and earrings, and I'm always getting so many compliments on them. They are handcrafted in Oregon and Hawaii to embody that laid-back, coastal sense of carefree beach living, which obviously I'm obsessed with, having come from a little beach town. <laughs> I can guarantee that you'll be obsessed, just as obsessed with their pieces as I am, and they will quickly become your staple for literally every occasion. They are so dynamic. You can click the link in the description or just head over to jamesmichelle.com and use the code Sarah James to get 20% off. That's Sarah with an H, James, and you'll get 20% off. So go check it out and be sure to snap a pic and share it with me on Instagram at Sarah James Daily because I love seeing what you guys pick out. Okay, let's get back to the show. All right, step three, the secret to building habits. Part three is building strategically. Now, this is where we're going to get into the granular, <laughs> building your habits in a way that is precise and strategic, okay? Not complicated. It's simple. It's straightforward, but it's precise and strategic. It's a way that looks at what is working and what isn't, pivots along the way, really allowing for that optimal growth. Now, habit stacking, the secret weapon of habit building. Perhaps you've heard of habit stacking. If you haven't, James Clear, who's the author of Atomic Habits, says this, your brain builds a strong network of neurons to support your current behaviors. The more you do something, the stronger and more efficient the connection becomes. You probably have very strong habits and connections that you take for granted each day. For example, your brain is probably very efficient at remembering to take a shower each morning or brew your morning cup of coffee or open the blinds when the sun rises or a thousand other little daily habits. You can take advantage of these strong connections to build new habits. How? When it comes to building new habits, you can use the connectedness of behavior to your advantage. One of the best ways to build a new habit is to identify a current habit that you already have each day and then stack your new behavior on top. This is called habit stacking. Habit stacking is a special form of an implementation intention. Rather than pairing your new habit with a particular time or location, like I'm going to work out at 9 a.m., you pair it with a current habit, like I'm going to do this after this. This method, which was created by BJ Fogg as part of his Tiny Habits program, can be used to design an obvious cue for nearly any habit. So here's the formula. After or before my current habit, I will do my new habit. For example... After I pour my cup of coffee each morning, I will meditate for one minute. After I take off my work shoes, I will immediately change into my workout clothes. After I sit down to dinner, I will say one thing that I'm grateful for that happened today. After I get into bed at night, I will give my partner a kiss. After I put on my running shoes, I will text a friend or family member where I am running and how long it will take. Again, the reason habit stacking works so well is that your current habits are already built neurologically into your brain, physically. <laughs> That's like the power of it. You have patterns and behaviors that have been strengthened over years. So by linking your new habits to a cycle that is already built into your brain, you make it much more likely that you'll stick to this new behavior. 
Once you have mastered this basic structure, you can begin to create longer stacks by, change, by chaining small habits together. This allow you, allows you to take advantage of the natural momentum, like we talked about, that comes from one behavior leading into the next. Again, that's Atomic Habits, James Clear. Number four, the secret to building habits number four is realistically assess where you are and adjust your expectations accordingly, following what I call the SMART map, but is commonly referred to as SMART goals. Maybe you have some routine down. Maybe you've already started taking some strides forward into the life you want. Maybe, but maybe something's stopping you where you're at. Maybe you can only seem to get so far and something just stops you. You're hitting a ceiling. You can't go any further. No matter what you do, it feels like there's some kind of ceiling you're hitting and you're just desperate to break past it. And maybe you're even really doubting that that's even possible. Maybe it's an external circumstance like an illness preventing you from doing what you love, uh, the stress of a toxic or challenging job or a series of unfortunate events, or maybe it's internal forces. Maybe you're you feel like you're self-sabotaging and just can't seem to really imagine what's on the other side of that next level that you want to reach. External circumstances, internal forces, our mind, whatever it is that's been pushing back against you, making progress, first off, I'm sorry. <laughs> this, this is the world that we live in. It's broken. We are broken. Circumstances seem to set up against us. People seem to set up against us. We set up against ourselves without understanding why. And it can be a web to untangle and to overcome. But first and foremost, the fact that you're right here today listening to this is a huge step in the right direction and to taking that power and control back over your choices, over your life. I know how frustrating it can be to feel like you just can't break through this wall, but I'm here to help you take that next step. So let's start off by determining like what kind of limits you are facing right now. First off, like we said, circumstantial limits. This might be a living situation that really actually can't be changed at the present or perhaps a job that you can't leave just yet because, well, it's a hurdle to leap through the whole application, interviewing, hiring process, finding a new place, or perhaps finances are not where they need to be for you to change your situation. Or maybe you have to caretake for an elderly parent or a sick family member or friend or whatever, the, the list goes on, these kind of obligations or things that are things that are circumstantially at present maybe immovable, or maybe they seem immovable. Maybe we do have a little bit more power than we've given ourselves credit for. But number two is mindset limits. And, and these are the limitations in your mind that say, I am unable, <laughs> I am incapable I am too X. I'm too stupid. I'm not talented enough. I can't figure anything out. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. I'm less than. I'm not worthy. These limitations are the belief lenses through which we see ourselves and our circumstances. Now, I'm separating the two because, frankly, yes, many times there are circumstances where we physically are unable to do certain things in certain seasons. Or maybe we're just not able to do them to the extent that we want to. And other times where we believe ourselves to be limited, maybe for valid reason, but with some deep mindset work, we realize those beliefs can actually be overcome. So maybe you're a new busy mom <laughs> trying to figure it all out, keep up with the daily needs of everyone, and just find a smidge of time to rest <laughs> in between. 
Maybe you have to be a caretaker for a sick relative, which takes up a lot of time and energy, so you cannot physically pursue that dream or goal in the way that you want to right now. Maybe you're living in a toxic environment and you cannot grow any further while still living there because a flower can only grow so much in toxic soil. These are circumstances that cannot be ignored and can be genuine, real limits in our lives. But what I do not want us to do is to use them as excuses for not searching more deeply what our true capacities are in this season. I want you to look at your life seasonally as well as the world itself does. As much as I love the sun, and man, in more recent years, I have thought, I really wouldn't be mad about living in a hot, sunny place for a few years. I'd always have to come back to a region like the Northeast because of this. I I love having seasons and, well, I love the ocean. (laughs) Not only do I love the warmth and the heat of the summer sun and like the freedom and adventure that summer holds, but I love the crisp air and bright array of colors that the world gets covered in in the fall. And I love the winter, the season where we slow down and cozy up by the fire and twinkle lights and music and drink hot things and just come in for that season of emotional, mental repair. And I love going into spring. I love that first warm day of spring. You know what I'm talking about? Where like maybe it's only 50 degrees, but compared to like the 25 that it's been, it feels like heaven (laughs) when it's sunny and the birds are singing and you just have like that fresh sense of like new life on the horizon. I love that feeling. It makes me come alive with hope, with a sense of like newfound adventure, and I'm just ready to jump in and pursue all life has. I love seasons because I allow my life to mirror them. I love to live my life in a seasonal way. Our life seasons will all naturally look a bit different. Maybe a season you're in lasts for several years or maybe just a few months, but In its own way, each season has something unique for you during that specific time. Maybe as a new mom, you want to just truly focus on being so present with your baby and your husband, the life that you're building, giving yourself the grace to just rest and to be present and to heal and and just be with your family. So maybe naturally that means you focus less on other things during that time. Maybe a few months later, that looks different. Maybe your schedule will allow for you to have some time to pursue a little more education or learning or just building that dream for a couple hours a week or even every day. Maybe in this season you're working multiple jobs and you feel like you're being just crushed on all sides. The pressure is external and internal. It's real. It's a real pressure. But what are your expectations for yourself in this season? Are they realistic? or unrealistic. Maybe your expectations need to be adjusted. Maybe your goal needs to be moved further out and you make progress on that goal more slowly than you had originally hoped. And that is okay. Y'all, if if you're cringing at hearing that, <laughs> please know that I am too. This is so against my natural inclination. I am like 
such a zealous, passionate, all-or-nothing person, and it's so hard for me. Like, I'm constantly having new ideas and visions, and I'm like, I gotta do this, and I gotta do it all now, (laughs) and then I can't. I can't physically do everything at once, and over the last, like, decade, it's just been, like, me trying and then failing and trying and then failing, and really realizing the lesson of, like, okay, that's not how it's supposed to work. I can't do that. That's okay. That's okay. I I love that I'm passionate, that I'm zealous, that I have all these ideas, but now I'm learning about myself, about prioritizing, and about choosing um, what's my highest value in a season, in one season compared to another. So if you resonate with that, (laughs) you're not alone here. I'm sharing all this today and on this show just as a whole because this is the journey that I've walked. My whole life has been like an uphill climb in these things in so many ways. And I've had dreams that I've worked to clarify and build for 10 years, for literally the last 10 years. And only until I left a toxic environment, stepped out on my own and experienced some like wildly insane life, (laughs) just circumstances on my own for several years, bringing me to where I am today. Only now do I finally have like the full clarity of what my dream is and how I even want to pursue it and even have the ability to really like make it happen. I still feel the pressure to like do all the things, have everything happening at once, you know, and and flawlessly as if like my business has a team of like 20 people working for me when I'm just one person. (laughs) Quality living, growth, dreams, habits, they take time. They take time because we also aren't always really clear on what we really want or how we want it. Sometimes we might think we are, but we, we're not. Maybe God has something a little bit different. Maybe he needs us to walk through a situation or a circumstance to refine us as a person, which then refines our goal and, and where we want to go and who we are becoming. You want to start a business, what do you do? What will it do exactly? What will it look like? Is the dream precise or is it vague? So sometimes time really is the requirement that we need to process and go through those life circumstances to really help us grow and become the person we need to be in order to step into those dreams. So you want to change your lifestyle. The vision for that may change over time as you change. You have to be willing to try small things over time and to change them as you go. You need to view your growth and adaptation and evolution over time as a person, as your lifestyle. You are discovering who you are, you who you want to become, and what good things you should pursue. So what limitations are you really facing? Challenge yourself. Are there any steps you can be taking right now to move yourself forward in the direction you want to go? How can you flip your current circumstances through changing your perspective on it? Are you truly stuck from doing anything? There's likely a way to add one small change to your life today that when done over time will actually bring you those massive results. Finally, the secret to building habits part five is SMART goals. So using SMART goals as your roadmap. Have you heard of SMART goals? SMART goals are specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound. Spelling out SMART if you didn't notice. When you're setting new goals, you should make sure they follow this criteria. Take a second in your journal. Look at the next five years. If nothing was holding you back, 
What are the things you'd want to accomplish in that time? Now, look at the next year. What are the priority first items that you would want to accomplish this year to keep you on that path, on that five-year path? Break that up into three-month increments. What would you need to accomplish each quarter to lead you to that goal by the end of the year? Is it specific? Is it measurable? Is it actually achievable? Is it relevant to your vision? And is it time-bound with a deadline? It's okay to map this out and continue to refine it as you go. Maybe something takes longer than you expected. That's okay. Pivot and assess the time that will really be needed. The goal is to build your confidence and momentum with consistency in the small daily habits so that one day you look back and you say, wow, look at all the progress that I've made by really honing in, focusing, and taking those small actions over time. So if this is like building a wellness routine or like building a building an exercise routine or something, also just keep in mind like you're you're developing the person you want to become. So it's really like it's really not about losing 10 pounds and like getting to that destination. It's about becoming the woman who lives this type of lifestyle that's sustainable, that's healthy, that's for the rest of your life. So focusing more on like how that feels in the everyday, in the small, and building that to create that consistency over time, that's going to get you to losing those 10 pounds, but it's going to actually get you so much more because it's going to not make you so fixated on that goal, but more about feeling good, feeling happy, living that lifestyle overall, and becoming the woman who lives that way. Lastly, I just want to say the final secret is build for joy and build for you. God equipped you with so much potential and good works in store for you to walk in, whether that's in tech, engineering, art, languages, travel, psychology, something super obscure that you're fascinated in. He created you in his image to love and enjoy his creation, to enjoy the skills he's given you, to use them and increase them for his glory. If you're stuck somewhere, know that you're not alone, but know that it doesn't have to look like this forever. You are in much more control than you think. You can choose to set the boundaries with toxic friends or relatives that drag you down. You can say no to that place that you don't want to be. You can step out. You can leave. Now, it might take time. It might take work. It might take effort. It might take a whole lot of effort and searching out resources, but pursue it. Chase after it because God created you for more. God created you for more. Are you ready to jump into that this year and to make this year your breakthrough year? Now, before you go, I have one last thing that I'm so stoked to share with you for free. It's my brand new New Year Transformation Journal. This New Year-centered journal is a five-day journal that's going to be a powerhouse tool in your tool belt to really propel you into this new year on the right foot. No more setting resolutions that don't stick, that don't align with you, that make you feel guilty or ashamed when you don't follow through on them. No more being tired of really just giving up on yourself. This journal is created with simplicity in mind to strategically help you pinpoint the areas where you're struggling, transform your mindset and approach, and really help you to create goals that are aligned with who you want to become and then empower you to make that lasting change. Because this is the year that it all shifts for you. 
okay? You deserve to step into this new year on the right foot. So grab it for free by clicking the link in my show notes below and be sure to share with me how you're liking it on Instagram. You can always find me at Sarah James Daly. That's Sarah with an H, James Daly. Well, friend, that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining me. I would love to hear how this show helped you today. So don't forget to leave me a review and subscribe so you don't miss next week's morning routine episode and just, oh my gosh, we have so much, so much good content to really help you start off the new year this year coming in this season and this month. So as always, follow along with me on Instagram at Sarah James Daily, Sarah with an H. And if you feel so inclined, snap a screenshot of the podcast and share it over there as well. Tag me in it, share with me what you're enjoying, what you're learning, and maybe even what you want to see or hear more of. All right, friends, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. I will see you next week in 2024.